What's up, guys, and welcome to the Bachelor Pad Podcast, where two bachelors who've never really watched ABC's The Bachelor before sit down to review episodes right after they air. My name's Tyler. I'm here with one of my best friends, Scott. Hey, what is up, all you geckos out there? I hope you had a good extended weekend. If you got an extended weekend for the holiday, MLK Day uh, today, uh, as we watch The Bachelor, uh, I had it off. Tyler, you had it off. Mm-hmm. Um, I spent my day mostly doing laundry and watching Breaking Bad. How did you spend your day? Well, I was supposed to do laundry today. (laughs) And then uh, I just ended up, you know, procrastinating that. So that's how my day's going. Uh, But no, I I spent pretty much all weekend just reading. Um, I, I, it's a little bit, I guess, of a New Year's resolution. And hopefully, you know, me saying it publicly doesn't like, undercut me actually doing it (laughs) now you have all the geckos who are going to hold you accountable yeah 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 um but i'm going to try and alternate my weekends between reading and writing uh Mm. writing something i'm super passionate about but uh if i don't make time for it i just don't do it and what i mean by that is it's like it's it's work like it's something you have to sit down and do um and uh and and i honestly like there have been seasons of my life where I've been really uh, good about it. And I just like, okay, I block out time and I sit down and it's like, even if I have nothing to write, I just write. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm going to try and do that this year. Um, do you have like goals as far as like how many pages or like how many books you want to read or is it just read and write every other weekend? Yeah. Just year? read and write. Yeah. Um, I, I want to, uh, like, I feel like it's important. Sometimes we set, like, unrealistic expectations for ourselves. Yeah, like, I want to read 100 books this year. Right. And I've done that. Like, I, I there was a, a point in my life uh, where for a couple of years I would, like, set out, like, I need to read 35 books this year. And I broke it up into, like, categories. I need to read, like, no more than four fiction and no more than two biography autobiography, you know, and, like, Mm -hmm. broke it up like that. And it ended up being a miserable experience that, like, I wasn't motivated to continue on. Um, And so, for me, I feel like it's, like, no, I I just want to, I want to watch less. uh, Like, one of my big vices is I'll just sit and binge watch movies or TV. Mm Mm-hmm. And, uh, it's not a super productive use of my downtime. Um, and I think it's good to just have a day to veg and do nothing. Um, but honestly for me, like reading, for example, like that's not work, you know, (laughs) like it's Mm. just a more productive, like better, like brain stimulation for me than just mowing through you feel more four. accomplished when you've read a book over when you watched a movie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I just feel honestly more stimulated. Like when I watch a movie, I love movies deeply, but my brain's not really doing any work. But when I read a book, like I have to, especially if it's like fiction, I have to build that world using just what the author is giving me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like that experience. I have a lot of fun. I really enjoy reading. But if I don't at least, you know, just block out time for myself to just be like, hey, do this, then I won't do it at all. Um, so that's that's kind of what I'm, I'm trying to do. So I, I, I this weekend, extended weekend, I, I just read. Um, I read three books. I'm halfway through another. We'll see if I finish it tonight. I doubt it, but... <laughs> It's impressive. It's way more reading than, than I do. (laughs) I, I read a lot in college and I just grew so sick of it. I really haven't read a whole lot since. Yeah. Yeah. It's just been one of those things where I'm like, ah, no, I don't think so. Not right now. If, if you're uh, looking geckos for a, uh, a good, like uh, a good new year's resolution that applies to all of us read more. Like it's just, it's good for you. Uh, it's really good for your brain. Uh, it'll help you communicate with other people better, more fluidly, and it helps your just imagination be a little bit more, you know, engaged. But if you are not into reading at all <laughs> and you're more of a movie person, we have another podcast. <laughs> it's called Rotten Potatoes. I'm I'm actually going to convert that podcast into a book club. Into a book club. <laughs> So if if you are a listener of Ron Potatoes or you don't know what it is and this is your first time hearing about it, 
It's a movie where Tyler and I sit down with two of our other friends, uh, Jake and Zach, and we talk about movies you absolutely should have seen. And uh, kind of tying in with The Bachelor, we're, we're launching season two starting in February, and we're doing love slash rom-com slash romance movies. Yeah. So. Yeah, we're going to be through February. Uh, we're going to be reviewing Titanic, uh, 10 Things I Hate About You, uh, The Notebook, and, and When Harry Met Sally. When Harry Met Sally. And uh, so it's going to be a good time, honestly. Uh, so if you're into love and romance, now's a good time it's to a good pick time that up. To, to pick that one up. But that's enough about other things in our lives. Let's talk about our dear friend Matt and what's going on in his life. Yeah, I feel like a lot's going on in Matt's life <laughs> this week. <laughs> Um, so he, we start off with like picking back up with the end of the rose ceremony Mm -hmm. where was it? Sarah, Sarah, Sarah was the one who, who fainted. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or almost fainted. And, uh, I, I don't know about you guys out there. I have been in a lot of weddings and I've had so many, uh, wedding coordinators the day of tell me don't lock your knees Mm -hmm. because you will pass out. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I, I've never seen it happen. I have. I was at a wedding. It was my friend. Uh, well, you know Trevor. Yeah. Uh, his older brother, when he got married, um, one of his groomsmen uh, locked knees and actually fainted. And my older brother was one of the groomsmen, and he actually caught him. Oh, man. But, yeah, it was one of those things where, like, the whole ceremony kind of stopped. We, like, people rushed to check to see if he was okay. Oh. And then it was, and we kind of went back in and finished, but it was it was, it was was a whole thing. That groomsman will never live it down. <laughs> yeah, totally. Oh, man. But uh, it's a real thing, and I would imagine that that's what happened with her. I think that she got a lot of flack from the women for being dramatic Mm. Um, and you know, I think that she probably had a lot of emotions going on, but my guess is that she probably did something like locking out her knees and then, probably. you know, had a nine of blood circulation, <laughs> nine of blood getting back to her brain mm-hmm. and that makes you pass out. That happens. There was a lot of, uh, drama, I guess you could say surrounding Sarah, this episode, it, this really was kind of the Sarah episode. Yes, it was. Uh, but you know, we had a few other moments in there, so we'll, we'll, we'll talk about the good before we get to the bad. Yeah. Well, we had the one-on-one with Serena. Yeah. Who, you know, I, I really like, we talked about her the first episode and then we haven't got to see a whole lot of her, uh, since her little chess match. Mm -mm, This was kind of the first time we've, we've seen her interact with Matt, but I really thought she was cool coming out of this, this date. I think she's, she's nice. She's kind. Um, she has like a little bit of like a innocence to her. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so I think she, she vibes really well with Matt. I could see her going a long, a, a long time into the, uh, the future, maybe, maybe a final four situation. What was your take on her dad not being supportive of her being here at all? <laughs> I, I completely understand that. Like if I had a daughter, I probably wouldn't want her to go on, uh, the bachelor or the bachelorette. Um, just because of, I mean, you think about it, it's someone who's dating 30 plus people at the same time. So it's kind of almost disrespectful to all the people like inherently built in. Um, there's an inherent built in like unfaithfulness. And then you have like, uh, I almost called it sweeps week. Uh, <laughs> fantasy, fantasy, sweet. fantasy sweet. It's also sweeps week. I guess <laughs> that's funny. Uh, yeah, you know, yeah. Fantasy Suites Week, uh, where you know the the main person could potentially be getting in bed with multiple people, and yeah, it's. I understand that you can get a huge like social media following from it, and like from a business side of things, it's it could be a good idea. But if if my daughter was legitimately like looking to go and find love, this is not what I would recommend for her. <laughs> yeah. But do you think uh, if your parents were very uh, disapproving of you going on the show, do you think you would go? Oh, man. I mean, I do love my parents. I can be stubborn sometimes, though. Sometimes when someone tells me not to do something, it makes me want to do it more. Uh, So it's hard to say. I would probably not. Yeah, I think for me, the biggest thing would be like, okay, let's say all goes really well 
and I hit it off with this person. And you get to the final four. And we get to the final four. And hometowns have it. <laughs> yeah. And then my family is awful to them and like super distrusting of. of and now you become the, the hometown villain. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, I wouldn't want any of that to happen, yeah. you know? Yeah. Uh, and and just the the you know if my family's not on board they might never get on board you know like if they're that opposed to it that's true i mean and i mean these things take place over what eight weeks or so like can someone really fall in love that quickly or i guess you could i don't know i would say yes i think you can i think you yeah it's you definitely can't know a lot about a person right quickly with the amount of time that they're spending. Cause it's, it's eight weeks, but not eight weeks of just you and them. Right. It's eight weeks where you maybe get to spend an hour or two a week. So you're talking like 16 hours with a person. Well, and I think what it comes down to is can you know a person completely so that you go in with open eyes? No, but can you, in that amount of time connect enough with a person and recognize enough chemistry to make the conscious decision of I'm going to commit to you no matter what this entails. Yes. I think you can. Yeah. I, it's, it's, a, it's I don't a, advise it. <laughs> I want to be clear. I don't, I don't, I don't advise it. committing yourself to someone you don't know. No, I don't either. Yeah. I think it's, I think it's a bad idea, but I think you can legitimately get there. Yeah. I, I, it would, I mean, it has to be love at first sight when it comes to something like this because they just don't get that much time. Yeah. Because honestly, I mean, some of them don't have any time some weeks. And so I would say on average one to two hours of one-on-one time with Matt per A week. week. Yeah. And so if it's eight weeks, you're talking 16 hours total to get to a proposal. That's That's really flying maybe we'll say 24 because we'll assume that you had at least one one-on-one date yeah and if you I get mean, to the end and the further you go the more time you get but i i don't know what what about you what would you do if you're oh i wouldn't go what would you go if your parents were for it like would yeah. you do you like like this system like would you ever go on the bachelor uh i i would go on it for fun <laughs> <laughs> so you wouldn't go on expecting to like find true love? No. Okay. No. Uh, I would be open to it. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I, I would, I would lean into the process. I think, but I, I wouldn't be going in expecting that I'm going to find true love, mm-hmm. just because you know it's a numbers game, and like, what are the odds? Like one in thirty that this person feels about me the same way I feel about them. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think that that's the problem that we saw today. I guess we'll jump into this right now with Sarah. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. We'll talk about Sarah. I mean, it was the main part of the show. So pretty much what happened. Let's not beat around the bush. Sarah and Victoria, but it, it's what happened with Sarah. I think that she, um, you know, was really unfortunately, I think operating under this assumption that like, uh, just because Matt and I have a great connection, that's not mutually exclusive. She was looking for the Dale package, not the, uh, <laughs> not yeah. the, the, she was thinking like, all right, I owned it on the first date. He's going to love me if I'll, we're done and we can just end it at week two. Yeah. And it's like, <laughs> no, that's really not how this show works. That's only ever happened once. And uh, Chris Harris almost not pleased. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, the network was like, did we just blow a bunch of money on this? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, I think that I think that she was just expecting too much, uh, expecting the wrong things. Yeah, maybe. she didn't have good expectations. I don't think because, I mean, very plainly, as soon as she saw him interacting with her, engaging with other things that the other girls were saying, it was very difficult for her to hear, and so obviously she wasn't expecting to have to see at least have to see Matt interacting with other girls. Like I think in her mind it was like, okay, like I know kind of uh, subconsciously that he'll be doing things with other girls, but I'll only ever have to like see myself interacting. And I think the, the visibility of seeing him interact is what was difficult for her. Yeah, I think so. And, and, and listen, I think that that's a perfectly valid feeling. feeling. Oh, a hundred percent. I think it takes a special person to be able to do this. Oh yeah. 
Oh yeah. It takes a, a special type of person who also has maybe put in the work to do some mental gymnastics mm-hmm. to get around some of this because you know, on its face, it's a ludicrous notion. No one like this is as close to uh arranged marriage as we get in the United States. You know what I mean? <laughs> and like most people in the United States are like arranged marriage. That's crazy. And it's like, yeah, well they're doing it on TV twice a year. <laughs> At least it's like 30 suitors. Though. <laughs> <laughs> it's not like, all right, here's your person. You're marrying them. Right. Right. Um, but I, I mean, I don't know. It's, uh, it's just a little, it's a, it's a ludicrous notion to to begin with and so you have to really do some mental gymnastics to be able to be okay with this and to be able to not let it say anything about you and i think that was maybe the second problem that she was encountering Mm -hmm. because she had mentioned some insecurities totally well and i think part of it was i think she had set maybe unrealistic expectations of matt in her mind and so I, I think she was expecting him to, because she had a connection that he would have not a good connection with all the other girls. Right, right. And those, once again, aren't mutually exclusive either. Like he is building, connect- he's trying to build connections with all of them and slowly eliminating them. Um, but uh, the thing that kind of triggered this was this group date. How would you have handled being just in the stands on, on that group date? Oh, I would have been so uncomfortable. <laughs> I I would have laughed because that's the only legitimate option you're faced with at this point totally. is you have to just laugh. Um, For those of the you geckos out there who maybe listen to this to before you watch the episode, or I know we have a few geckos uh, that sometimes don't watch the episode, but like listening to us every week anyways. We're looking at you, Bobby. Yeah, that's my parents. They, they love listening. <laughs> But they they really just don't watch the show. And uh, this was a group date where half of the girls were writing basically love scenes with the with Matt. And then they had to say them out loud. And they were supposed to be like, like romance rom- novel. Romance novel love scenes. So some of them are very sexual. And it's just kind of this weird, uncomfortable moment. Some of them are downright pornographic. Like, well, yeah. What's her name? Victoria. 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 They bleeped out half of it. Pretty much the so whole thing. We don't even know what she said. We just know it was bad enough. They had to bleep it out. <laughs> My favorite is that like the only like words that they got in were like prepositions and conjunctions. Yeah. It was like beep on beep for beep <laughs> on top of beep. And I was like, what is happening? <laughs> Oh man. But yes. So anyway, I, I would be, I would be so uncomfortable in that situation. Um, but yeah, I I would just have to laugh. I I don't think I would, I don't, I, I definitely don't think that I would take that as, you know, oh my gosh, all these people have such a, uh, intimate relationship with Matt. No, I would, I mean, I would not have taken it how she took it either. Yeah. Because for me, it's like, okay, these girls are all on a group date and they've been forced to write this thing. Yeah. And now they're being forced. Like none of them would have done this willingly. No, no, no. And and the point was to like get out of your comfort zone. Yeah. And, you know, I would have I laughed. I would have cheered people on because, you know, obviously this is a it's a super uncomfortable situation. And, you know, like it, it, I, I wouldn't be... Uh, I wouldn't be upset. I also wouldn't be judgmental. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you just got to like root people on because th- like it's, they're sort of all in this together a little bit. Also, I, and I don't know if this is a rule or not. I just kind of assumed it because of fantasy suites, but they're not allowed to get physical with each other until that week, right? You have to make it to fantasy suites to be able to get that physical with the, the main person. That's the, that's the premise. I mean, you see... At a couple of different points, like kissing and in the hot tub and the, you know, but the, the, the rule is supposed to be, you know, 
is it like pirate's code? Like it's a general guideline that sometimes is broken or is it like a, I mean, the producers aren't going to give you alone time. Ah, uh, yeah. So if you're comfortable doing that with camera. a camera crew, <laughs> then I guess good on you. Got it. Uh, but yeah, no, they're not going to give you alone time for that. Uh, so then, and they it, do keep them geographically very separated. Uh huh. Well, then you know too. Then like none of these are like real things. Like these are all just women talking about what they're like. Right. Supposedly fantasizing about. Right. Absolutely. And so I, I wouldn't have felt threatened at all by yeah. that. Especially coming off of being the only one who's gotten a one-on-one date. Oh, yeah. Totally. Like he chose you first for the one-on-one date. You should be more secure than any other girl here so far. Oh, yeah. In what you have with Matt. Totally. He chose you first. He gave you the rose. Like, you're in a good spot. Oh, yeah. A hundred percent. She was set to go far. And we had her in our top four. Yeah, we did. So she's uh, definitely our biggest mover this week. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Which, I mean, I don't know. I think the other thing about this whole thing that I was really disappointed by is so, you know, she interrupts a a group date that she's not on, uh, you know, which apparently for quite a while, like it seemed like it was, it was a while. Yeah, it definitely wasn't just a couple minutes. And, uh, you know, all the women are upset at her. But I I really didn't love how Matt handled that situation. Yeah, I agree. I I think um, unfortunately, and I I love Matt. He's significantly better than Peter was. But I definitely felt some Peter vibes as far as just rewarding and accepting of behavior that goes outside of the rules. Yeah, or that should or just dr- dramatic. And I get it. Sarah does have a difficult story with her dad. And, right. And she does have things going on. And so I understand wanting to give her time. And I honestly might have done the same thing in the situation. I don't know how I would have reacted. But from the outside looking in, it does make, like, why couldn't she have waited till the next day to have that conversation? Totally. Totally. Like, why did she have to come and interrupt this group date, take time away from these girls to have this conversation that wasn't that important? Yeah, I, 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 I feel like everyone in this situation just handled it so poorly. Yeah, except for maybe Katie. Yeah, so Katie went up a lot in my book. Totally, I, I agree. And I, I t- me and Tyler were talking about this a little bit during the show uh, while we were watching, and he, he looked at me and he said, oh, Katie's going, she's our biggest mover. She's going way up. And I, I agree. I think she did move a lot. But I don't know how much of that Matt saw. Or will ever know. Or will know until now. Right. As he's watching it back. Because I think a lot of her interactions that showed her maturity and her leadership and her empathy um, and her her just um, um, grace for, for Sarah, uh, he wasn't there for any of it. Right. So as far as he knows, she might be one of the ones that Sarah talked about when she was leaving of there's a lot of cruel girls here, which especially because, you know, she was like, the one Hey, can I get my time back? You know, um, which, you know, even that, like, I know that it was like, you know, Sarah was looking at her, like, can you just give me my space? But it's like, no, because this is my time that you're on. Mm -hmm. Um, I felt like Katie, when she confronted Sarah that night, I felt like she was direct. She was not mean or catty or petty, but she was very direct with her. And, you know, uh, I felt like, like she handled it extremely well. And then, you know, I, I would have liked to have seen her defend Sarah in In front front of of all the other girls. And maybe she did and it got cut out. Um, but, then she, when Sarah went back up to her room and was just crying alone, the only person who tried to engage with her was Katie. Yep. And she had grace for her and, um, you know, she fought for her a little bit and said like, hey, if you have a connection with him, you should stay here. Uh, like, you know, she, she was uh yeah and i like i i really liked what she had to say about it too because she said something along the lines of 
you know, because I don't want Matt to have doubts in his mind. If you leave now, he's going to be thinking about what if. I want you to be sent home or for it to end because I want to be the primary choice. I don't want to be a backup plan because he didn't get what he wanted. Yeah, which I think is... I think is like super and and I'm uh, I'm impressed with her like directness and ability to be honest about like hey like I do care about you I am here for you but this is also self-motivated you mm-hmm. know like I, I and then when she went down and just took control of the room of totally. all these caddy girls that are just they're all yeah like gossipy and like oh uh, yeah just like saying all kinds of stuff and still making fun of Sarah and she comes in and takes control of the room ends all that she says we need to have class in this time yep um tells her tells them what happened without giving too much information and uh basically calls them to be better and it was it was the class act i i I highly applaud uh katie for what she did there. oh yeah oh yeah she she katie if you ever hear this you're a rock star we'll see what happens over the next several episodes but man this episode was a very good look for for Katie at least at least to the fan base and I, I hope Matt gets a chance to to see some of those things um, but we didn't even get to really see uh, the second group date in this episode because it was while they were announcing the the second group date that Sarah came back down and it was the first time the girls had really seen her for a day since she had interrupted and so it just kind of broke out into this argument and the episode just ended up going too long so we'll we'll get another group date probably at the beginning of next episode it you know and i i will say i think that the first half of sarah's apology was like she took responsibility and she you know and then she said but Mm. and i'll never forget like it's just drilled into my head um growing up my dad always said especially when i was like taking responsibility for something or i was in trouble for something and i was giving an explanation anytime i would say but he would stop me and he would say just so you know the existence of that word in your sentence means everything that came before it you don't mean Mm. and that always annoyed me because i'm like well that's not fair not true you know like I get it though. And as I've gotten older and more mature, there's a lot of truth to that. Not necessarily that I don't mean both sides of the statement, but that when people hear a, but Mm -hmm. in the middle of an apology for them, everything before goes out the window. Totally. I think probably a better way to state it is like, say your apology end the sentence and then go into something along the lines of, and I'll also say, that I did notice or experience these things. So it's in addition to, it's not in contrast of, or I think that the, I think that the best way to do it is to, uh, explain yourself and then say, but none of this like is use the, but to say you're sorry. Yeah. Got it. Is that it's like, this is what I was thinking. However, that doesn't excuse the fact that, I, you know, was disrespectful to your time by my actions and that, you know, I made everyone feel this way and that I cost you guys time and, you know, all of that. And for that, I, I have no leg to stand on and I'm truly sorry. Mm -hmm. And then I think too, there was something to, uh, when Matt was, I think, accepting the apology he, i think he needed to have a but not just accept it and, and move on right like i think he needed to at the same point like lay down some ground rules of like hey like this is the process like i want to be there for you i want to to show those things and i do forgive you but going forward xyz right like, we need to follow these rules there is protocols for these things and I think ultimately that's why, um, I mean, one, I'm in a relationship, so I would never do it. But if if I was single, I would never get accepted to The Bachelor because I would start the entire show by saying exactly how I was going to run things. <laughs> and I'd be like, all right, uh, on the first night, there's 30 women. Everyone gets five minutes breaking into slots. As soon as the five minutes up, I'm ending it and moving on, going to the next girl. 
And like, I would just have a whole system for the entire thing. Well, and it's not so much about like, oh, the rules. Like it's not about following the rules. It's more so that this is a social contract that Mm -hmm. they've all kind of come into. And so it's really more just about uh, honor, respect, and uh, yeah, honor and respect, really. It's It's a social contract that it's like, hey, I'm not trying to take your time don't try and take mine. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I feel like honor always goes a long way. Like even when you're dealing with ridiculous people um, or people who can't be placated, honor always goes a long way. Totally. I think there's something that uh, woos people with honor too, where, um, yeah, if you treat them right, they're going to treat you right. Even if you guys had a disagreement or whatever it may have been for sure. And I think that's what really, I think that's what led Katie to where she was at because she confronted the situation immediately. She didn't gossip about Sarah and then go talk to Sarah or, you know, try and have a group of people, you know, with Sarah, she confronted Sarah, Sarah heard her out and responded well to Katie that night. And then that left room for Katie to honor her back because it was like, okay, like you heard me out and you know, you didn't try and defend yourself Mm -hmm. or I was really hoping that, uh, Sarah would have mentioned Katie by name when she was leaving. I did too. I I was like waiting for it. I was like, like say something positive about Katie right now because of how she was the only one who treated you nice. I made an observation though at the end of this, you know, because obviously at the end when she was talking to Matt, she did kind of shift it back on all the girls, you know, there are girls that I I just was attacked and there are girls in this house who are awful and blah, 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 which I never love. Like if you're going to leave, leave with grace, you know, Mm -hmm. um, but it was a perfect time to say, I just want you to know, like, Katie's awesome. <laughs> like, you know? Yeah, she was the only one who came and sought out a real conversation with me. She heard me out. She she empathized with me. Like, she's she's a really good person or something. I think that would have been great. Um, yeah, I, I feel like it was weird, too. The way she talked to Matt about why she was leaving and the way she talked to Katie about why she was leaving were a little different. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I made an observation. I don't want to, I'm, I'm not jumping to conclusions. I want to be clear about that because Katie makes a good point to these women that, you know, she said, we don't know each other's stories. And the reality is we don't know their stories even less than they don't know each other's stories. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't want to, I'm not making conclusions, but, but I, I observed something that I thought was interesting when she was talking with Katie, she was, very emotional Mm -hmm. and you know, like I'm not making fun of her at all, but it was like, it was an ugly cry. Like we all, we all ugly cry sometimes, you know, like there's a difference between crying and ugly crying. You all know what I'm talking about. Uh, and it's, it's an, an an intensity level of emotion usually. Um, and it, it was, it was an ugly cry that she shared with Katie. And then when she was with Matt, she was going through all the motions of crying. And I don't know if she was just cried out. She had cried so much that she just couldn't cry no more anymore. Tears in her tear ducts. Well, and, and just emotionally that like, you know, you get to a point where like, you're just so spent that you just can't cry anymore. Um, but she was going through all the motions of crying, but wasn't actually crying at all with him. Like no, no tears. There were no tears at all. Like not even like, you know, when she would finally look up at him at certain points, like not even like welling in her eyes. Like, um, it was a lot of like the head down, the, the, the sobs. So it's like the opposite of crocodile tears, you know, I'm going to be honest with you. I've heard that phrase, but I don't know what crocodile tears are. Crocodile tears are, um, when you make yourself cry and like you're, you're crying, but you're not actually crying. Like it's a, it's a show. Got it. Why is it called crocodile tears? Do you know? I have no idea. <laughs> I don't know what the entomology is of that, but that's, that's what a crocodile weird tears phrase. are. Yeah. Yeah. Like do crocodiles cry? I wonder. I doubt it. 
I think that's maybe the point. Like uh, crocodiles don't cry. So like, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but yeah, it's, it's fake crying essentially, mm. but usually crocodile tears are physical tears that you're like manufacturing, um, absent of an emotion. And I think it was like the ops opposite. Like, I think that she was trying her best to portray an emotion that maybe she was really feeling, but like it was, it came off really like if I were, if I were sitting on the other side of that, I would be very suspicious. Like you felt like there was the, there was no tears, but there was the try at the emotion. Yeah. Like it was the, the sobbing sounds, you know what I mean? And, and like sniffling, but like not having like, you know, when you, you can sniff when you, you don't have like mucus in your nose it just sounds like a clear inhale. And like even her sniffs were like clear inhales kind of a thing. Like there just wasn't any real crying happening, Mm. but she was making all the noises of crying and like, you know, had her head down the whole time and like covering her eyes so that it seems like I'm crying. I just don't want to show you. But the reality is I'm not crying and I can't. And I don't want to show you. I don't want to show you. (laughs) Uh, So anyway, that was, that was awfully suspicious. Like if, if I were in Matt's shoes, that's what I would say is that if I were in Matt's shoes, I would be very, very, very suspicious of what I just experienced. Uh, geckos out there. I want to know what you guys think as far as, uh, is this a, a cry gate or cry gate or, or was this all legitimate? What do you guys think? You can email us at hello at batchpadpodcast.com. Uh, there was a time in this episode where both of us were like agreed with Victoria I know it, it, it <laughs> frustrates me that, that we have to admit that publicly. Do, yeah. Can we take that back? Okay. Yeah. Can you go back and edit it out? <laughs> <laughs> but I honestly, I don't remember what she said. Uh, it was, <laughs> I'm trying to remember exactly what it was. It was, it was, it was during the Sarah stuff. Yeah. You know, something she said to Sarah, I believe. Uh huh. Um, but it was, uh, oh man trying to remember exactly what it was, but it was, it was after she had said, uh, this isn't the Sarah show Mm -hmm. and oh no, no, no. I remember what it was. Sarah wasn't even there. It wasn't during the Sarah thing. Oh, it was after Matt, like, like left Serena P to go talk to Sarah in her room and she came back down and someone was like, how's she doing? And then he was like talking about Sarah and Victoria says, okay, this is Serena's t- time now. Yeah. Like kind of scoots them out. Like go, like, go like, do the Let's date. stop doing this. Like stop giving Sarah more time. Yeah. And I was like, wow, thank you, Victoria. Like I never <laughs> thought I would have to say that. Like, but no, I mean, really like it was like, man, that was, it, you know, it's bad when you have to agree with Victoria. I'll give this to Victoria. You know how she feels at all times. Uh, no, you know, uh, I don't think you know how she feels. Uh, maybe. Okay. Go further. Uh, I think that, uh, you know, everything for the most part that she wants you to know, like, it's just like, it's all an act. It's all a show. Mm. And she's so obsessed with drama that she ignores anything real life and just leans into more drama. Yeah. That's how she feels. She wants more. (laughs) (laughs) And that's how you always know how she feels. (laughs) Okay. I just, I just don't think it's real. I think that it's a, I think that it's a, uh, really like, uh, pathological, uh, and narcissistic, security cocoon that she's wrapped herself do you in. think she is like that in real life or do you think it's just for the show i would guess that she's like that in real life but maybe to a lesser extent you think it's played up for the show yeah i think i think it's played up for the show um i think that even if she makes a name for herself as the biggest most hated person in america she's still the most something in america mm-hmm you know, all, all press is good press. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, for the most part, I doubt anybody's going to like, you know, throw paint at her in real life or something like that when all this is over. But she will have a lot of people, men and women, 
who also just love and thrive on drama obsessed with her Mm -hmm. because she's saying the things that they want to say right yeah and and creating the drama that they want to create and live in and yeah um and so yeah i i think i i think it's played up i also think you know it's it's definitely abc uh like chose her because she's a good villain you know Mm mm-hmm no one ever went broke in America serving up women that make other women feel superior. <laughs> yeah. So she obviously must've been like that in like her interviews and that kind of stuff too. Yeah. Yeah. To, to get them to, to bring her on. I just wonder like, is she really, I mean, I guess it's kind of like what you said, like at least she's getting talked about. Um, but I feel like if I was a brand, I wouldn't want her to advertise with me or like, what what's the point of getting these followers if if no one's going to want to I don't know. I think that there are brands that would that would feed off that that maybe don't feed off the the nicer clientele. Yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, I I think that there is a a definite like element of of diva in America. Mhm. You know what I mean? Uh there are That's people why the Kardashians are a right. thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um well, and and not like the Kardashian. I'm not. Um, we're definitely not making a like a character call on the Kardashians, but it's why the show Keeping Up with the Kardashians became a existed mm-hmm. and exists and is so successful. I think we need to start another podcast where we review all the Kardashian shows. Oh gosh, I don't know <laughs> if I can handle that. <laughs> like one person like that in this show. Like there's like one and a half of those girls right now. And that's way too much. Who, for me. who would you put as the half? Anna. You think Anna's in that same vein? Yeah. And I think that we're going to see in this next episode, we saw a little bit in the preview. I think that Anna and Victoria are going to become besties. And I think that Victoria is rubbing off on Anna. Mm. Like Anna has fun doing that, you know, Got and it. is just maybe a little bit more influenceable in that way. She's getting Mussolini's. <laughs> she's getting Mussolini a little bit. <laughs> You're going to have to explain that. Just Hitler and uh, Mussolini. Hitler got Mussolini to do his dirty work. Yeah, <laughs> I know, but it's not obvious to oh, the It's world. an obvious history joke that everyone should get for sure. Oh, man. But yeah, Victoria, this episode, man, there were a couple of times where she was just gl- like visibly gleeful whenever there was an opportunity for drama. Mm. Like she really, she really like eats it for breakfast. Um, this was Annie you're saying? Or no, Victoria, Victoria, Victoria. Victoria. Yeah. Also, there's no oh, yeah. Annie. No, I said Anna. Oh, okay. Yeah. A hundred percent. Victoria, I think is thriving off of any bit of uh, drama because it means she can speak. Yeah. And that means that she can get that attention. Yeah. And I think that's ultimately what she's doing. She's just trying to do whatever she can to get people to look at her. Yeah. 100%. And pay her that attention for sure. 100%. I'm I'm obviously no psychiatrist, uh, but it doesn't take a psychiatrist to see that level of narcissism. (laughs) Uh, Well, uh, we saw in the preview for for next episode too that they're going to be introducing five more girls. (laughs) Which creates a lot of drama. Yep. So Victoria is very happy to be upset. <laughs> <laughs> I've never been happier to be so pissed off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And meanwhile, we have like sweet little Abigail, like who's still in this show and like, uh-huh. you know, like, uh, she even spoke up about the Sarah thing too. Like she was one of the girls that were like, yeah, this wasn't cool. She did, but it was definitely less, uh, it wasn't aggressive or mean. It w- yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't aggressive or mean, but she did speak up and say, Hey, this wasn't cool. Yeah. We have sweet little Abigail who's still in the show. And it's like, we, we got hardly any time with her today. Um, we still have, you know, Brie who's fantastic and doesn't seem like she's getting mixed into the fray. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, even, uh, uh, even Serena P you know, didn't seem mm-hmm. like she was getting involved with it. And then of course, Katie that, you know, well, Serena P had already had 
known that she was getting her solo date, right? Or was this before that? Uh, no, she. It was at the same time, but like, yeah, unbeknownst to her. Got it. Yeah. Um. So yeah, we haven't seen. There's a there's a few girls I think that haven't really said a whole lot, and I think most of them are the girls we had higher up in our bracket. Yeah, for the most part. So for the most part, uh, Rachel, Bree, yeah, Rachel, Serena P, um, Abigail, are all kind of like less dramatic girls that seem to just be regarding their relationship with Matt and not worrying about other things. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Which is good, you know, and that's I I hope that we can weed out as much of that as possible. Although it looks like at least one or two of these new girls that are coming are in also are also drama, yeah, very strong personalities. Mm-hmm. It'll be interesting. I I wonder if this is just going to be a new part of the show because it seems like it was the first time they ever did that was with um, Tasha, and it was because it was a new Bachelorette, right? And so they're kind of taking uh, something from the, uh, I always want to call it Love Island. Paradise. But it's called Paradise, yeah. Uh, Bachelor Paradise. Um, and they're introducing people late in the, later in the game. I get it. I think it's a good uh, bit, <laughs> for lack of a better word. Let me ask you this. If you were going to be on the show, would you want to be in an original or a late in the game? Original. Edition? original for sure i think i would want to be an original as well yeah i i need um (laughs) like i need camaraderie especially in something like this like i can't be a lone wolf Mm. uh and coming in late just seems like you're destined to be persona non grata you know what i mean with the other guys not only that but if if the or in this case the main uh person has already started building relationships you're behind yeah, yeah. Although, I mean, with Tasha, I guess it was different because with Tasha, it was it it wasn't later; it was all at once kind of a thing. It was the first night that yeah, they introduced the, first the, new, night. the yeah. new guys, and even there, none of the those four guys made it to the final four. True. Yeah. 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 So I don't know. I I I think I would want to be an original. Um, I think that you have the opportunity to really make a bigger impression if you come later because mm, you there's less uh new people there's less new people time. and yeah. so he's already like kind of got a beat on everything a little bit and he's a little comfortable and then you can come in and you know make a a splash yep um so yeah i think it really depends on maybe who the bachelor or bachelorette is when it happens right right on, how distracted they are by the new shiny sparkly thing. Yeah. Because if it was Claire, you could bring in a hundred new people and she's just going to kick them all out. Like where's Dale? (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. Well, Hey, we want to give another shout out to Francis. Yeah. Uh, Francis emailed us back uh, and uh, let us know very graciously is, is a woman is a female. Yep. Um, and, uh, yeah, so thanks for emailing us back, Francis. Uh, she let us know that, uh, it looks like, you know, through a little bit more research that she did for us that Ivan, uh, said on another podcast that he's agnostic. Uh, and so I think America really was curious about what Tasha was talking about, mm-hmm. where it's coming up as a question for him now. Um, and so, yeah, thanks for, thanks for doing more research. And we definitely wanted to help you set your record straight (laughs) as you did more research so that nobody came in and told you, oh, Francis doesn't know what she's talking about. That's right. So, uh, thanks Francis for, for emailing us. Uh, and as always, all you geckos out there, if you ever want to reach out or if you disagree with us on something or just want to reemphasize something, you can give us a, a shout out at, e- uh, at our email at hello at Batchpad podcast, right? Batchpad podcast. <laughs> yep. I always forget if it's Batchpad pod or podcast. Hello at Batchpad podcast.com. Okay. <laughs> um, also, I, I think it would be interesting to, uh, maybe have our listeners chime into our relationship advice segment a little bit. Like, yeah, absolutely. If you disagree with a piece of advice that we've given, we'd love to hear your different opinion on it. Uh, because this last week, 
we had someone that's a gecko reach out to us and say they completely disagreed with our relationship advice segment. Yeah. And you know what? That's okay. We might be wrong. Uh, we are experts, but <laughs> we are experts on all things, love and relationship, but you know, we've been known to be wrong before. Yeah. So, uh, we would love to, to hear from you guys. Speaking of uh, relationship advice. Yeah. Let's jump into that. It's time for time for some relationship advice. Uh, this one, uh, comes to us from, uh, ad. <laughs> okay. Uh, that's a terrible name for this, but, uh, just throughout the whole thing, you just keep seeing the word Sony. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe this is not real. Uh, no, I get it. Relationship advice. This particular subreddit, most people will just create a spoof account for this one post totally because they don't want want their partner (laughs) yeah they don't want to reveal their their real selves yeah Yeah, which i get i totally get uh so this is from ad five four five nine we'll just call you ad i'm gonna call him four five four nine okay (laughs) 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 a quick story from my 26 male life I was diagnosed with cancer roughly 10 years ago. Because of my treatment, there was a high chance that I would not be able to have kids. So I froze my sperm prior to starting treatment as a backup. My current girlfriend, 24 female, and I were surprised to find out that she was pregnant. She had gotten off birth control maybe three months before finding out that she was pregnant. And because I still thought I was sterile, we weren't being very safe. We've been together for almost two years, and although this pregnancy was not planned or wanted, if I'm being honest, I was happy to think that we were going to be parents. This pregnancy has not been easy on us. I'm finishing up my bachelor's degree and working part-time, and she's struggling with severe nausea throughout the whole pregnancy. She's in her second trimester now. And because of that, we haven't really been a couple. My busy schedule and her not even being able to hold water down really prevent us from really spending much time together. With the addition of COVID, I'm not even allowed in the doctor's office when she goes for her checkups. We still live with our parents, but had plans to move into my home for the time being until I start my career and we can afford to live on our own. Recently, my father reminded me that the account for my frozen sperm was about to expire. So I made an appointment to see how low my sperm mobility was so that I could decide whether I should keep my frozen sperm as a backup for the future or just end the account. Well, I got my results this week and basically I don't have any active sperm. I've never questioned whether the baby was mine until I saw these results. I made an appointment to talk to a doctor about the results and also want to have another analysis done. I've heard of sperm levels fluctuating, but not to the point of zero active sperm. What do you guys think? Is it even worth getting another sperm analysis done or should I bring, just bring this up to my girlfriend? So his concern is that she cheated on him. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if so, he went and had another test done or that this is, you know, Immaculate conception. Uh, uh, a miracle. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, I definitely think it's something you need to talk about with her if it's bothering you. Yeah. I, I wouldn't keep it to yourself or just assume something. Um, but I mean, crazier things have definitely happened in the medical field. So I think it's definitely possible that uh, the, the, the baby is yours. You didn't give us a whole um, lot of information on your girlfriend on uh, whether you have reason to think she would. No, he, I mean, he said he was never doubted yeah. up until this point. So, and so, I mean, ultimately you have to think about like, do you trust your judge of her character? I, how long were they, have they been together? Two years, two years. Yeah. I would, I would talk with her about it and, um, just let her know like, Hey, like here are all the, the facts. Here's kind of my feeling. And I know that maybe they're, feelings that are not necessarily based on any true thing and so can you just help me work through this uh let's get another test on whatever i don't know but i definitely think she he should talk to her about it yeah i mean i for me i feel like you're faced with two options i mean you know you mentioned that uh you while this was unplanned you were really excited at the 
prospect of having a kid. Uh, and so, you know, if, if it's something that you don't, maybe don't care about, I, I think that that could be real. You know, I, I, I know that there are lots of men out there who have not had a problem raising another person's baby. Um, but if it's something that you feel like you need to clear the air on or, or get, um, reassurance in, uh, or find truth out about, um, then have the conversation. Um, I think that it's just as easy for most of us, uh, to go on with life, letting ourselves be blissfully ignorant. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I guess it really comes down to, do you trust her? If you do, then move on with life, count your blessings and, and move on. Wait for the baby to be born and then go have a DNA test. <laughs> no, that's not <laughs> what I'm saying. You can also do paternal tests in utero. Uh, so they could do a paternity test now. Yeah. But then you'd have to, uh, she would know about it. <laughs> oh, oh. Oh, that's really awful. No, don't do that. That's terrible relationship advice. I take back the expert thing. <laughs> no, of course, Scott's kidding. Um, <laughs> no, I, I mean, I, I, to be honest, like, I, I think it comes down to trust. Like, yeah. it, we, we all make mistakes. Sometimes we want to know. Sometimes we just don't want to know. We trust this person moving forward. And, uh, so it, it's, you know, obviously your call. I, I think that if you have doubts or concerns, or this is something that bothers you, then you absolutely have to have a conversation. And, and I think that you need to be, uh, gentle, uh, and not in, in not accusing her of anything, but just saying like, Hey, look, like I'm really excited about this kid with you. Um, I, I think that this is a good thing for us and it's pushing us to the next phase of life, which we both seem to want, but I found out this news that raises some like concerns for me and I just need to hear from you, you know, what's like, going on. Yeah. What, what your perspective is on this. Yeah. Cause maybe she'll say, you know, like. I was faithful to you. Like, you know, I haven't been with anyone else. And then it's like, Hey, it's a miracle. Count your blessings. Move on. Mm -hmm. that, that's my, that's my two cents on it. Or you find out other information and then you know that you can move on to a different thing. If that's what you want, if that's what you want. But I also don't think that there's anything wrong with saying like, okay, well I'm still committed to you and I'm going to raise this kid with you. I don't think that there's any, like, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. No, I, I mean, I, it's definitely a choice you'd have to make. It's definitely different if someone was unfaithful to you. Like, it's just a different conversation at that point. Sure, but if he's excited about having the kid, that like, like I don't want to, I don't release people to do whatever they want, of course, but, like, uh, I also don't think it would be weird for him to say, like, okay, like, that's still my kid. Yeah, I, I, I mean, he can do whatever he wants. At, at the same time, I was, I'm just saying, I, there's nothing. If that was the case, there would be nothing wrong with saying, "Okay, bye." Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So there you go. Relationship R relationship advice, advice in 2020 <laughs> or 2021. Yeah, it feels like 20. Still feels like 2020 with all the COVID stuff. Yeah, COVID and politics and all of that. It's just it's. 2021 has just been a longer 2020. It's 2020 part two. <laughs> part do. The 2020ing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well. Well, uh, all you geckos out there, thank you so much for tuning in this week to another episode of Batchpad. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. You can send us an email at hello at batchpadpodcast.com or you can tweet at us or send us a DM on Twitter at Batchpad Podcast. We'd love to hear from you and we can't wait until we get a talk with you guys again next week. Bye.